Welcome to Commercial Real Estate Investing from A to Z, the ultimate guide for real estate investors. I'm your host, Steph Boldrini. We cover everything you need to know from finding and analyzing properties to financing and managing your investments. Tune in every week for expert insights and tips so you can make your commercial real estate investing dreams come true. And in today's episode, we are continuing our conversation with Patrick Grimes. We're chatting about why is diversification important and also what is his process for deciding on who to partner up with for these different asset classes. Patrick Grimes is the CEO of Invest on Main Street. Here we go. Switching gears a bit, you have quite a few different investment options. And one of my words of the year, two, three years ago, was diversification. Why is diversification important? What are the asset classes that you picked to diversify? And why have you picked them? Well, so multifamily is the core of our company, and we have over a $500 million portfolio now in workforce housing, existing construction. And actually, if you look back over the data that suggests recession resilience and long-term appreciating assets, you'll see three-bedroom, two-bathrooms are very strong. But on the very, you got to skip by all the rest, and then over 80 units is the next strongest asset class, all existing construction where you can buy for cash flow, income generating, and you're not hoping to build and hoping somebody will pay your premium price. I believe that's the foundation of most of our investors' portfolio. But real estate itself, I've lost everything in real estate once, right? If you read my passive investor guide on my website, it's free download, investonmainstreet.com, and at the bottom, you'll see it. Talks about diversifying, talks about how the middle class is at seven to eight percent of their portfolio is in what we call alternative assets. And then the high income earners is at 25%. And then the ultra wealthy is at 50%. So if you want to invest like the high income earners are ultra wealthy, you've got to get out of those 401ks in the stock market or IRAs in the stock market or peel some of that off uh, into a self-directed variant, which allows you to invest. And maybe your financial planner's got you more stock markets or your day trading. You got to think about what are assets that are non-correlated to the stock market, like real estate. It's on a different market swing. It does not trend up and down with the stock market or energy. The government subsidizes housing, energy, and food. Energy also is a completely different asset class that doesn't rise and fall with the stock market. And right now, I think we're really pushing those two both on the real estate side, the uh, multifamily workforce housing. And this quarter, we're actually launching a affordable housing, single family, three bedroom, two bath, diversified portfolio. And that allows for government guaranteed rents and rental increases and a high cash flowing asset in a year when it's going to be very hard to get cash flow because with interest rates going up, cash flow is going down and valuations are waning in real estate. But if you invest in more stabilized assets that are subsidized by the government, you can cash flow very strong. Similarly, if you avoid interest rates altogether and get into a debt-free fund where you're doing oil and gas drilling right now, like in our diversified energy funds, and you're not just in one well where you could miss, you know, you're in a lot of wells in various regions, 
or just like in a large multifamily building, there's lots of units. And if one burns down or has a flood, you're fine. In our case, in the diversified funds, if, if one well doesn't hit, you're fine, right? Because it washes out the economics. And we split between half oil and half gas. And you look at the political nature right now, those two, the macroeconomic political conditions with Russia misbehaving and Europe pulling out of natural gas, squeezing the Western supply of natural gas, and OPEC threatening to dial back production by 2 million barrels a day on getting oil back up to 120. You've got all these tailwinds. You know, and you see the future bright in natural gas and oil, cash flow going up, valuations going up in natural gas and oil. It's because it's non-correlated, diversified from real estate. Non-correlated, diversified from the stock market. And so kind of pairing out, we have other assets we're bringing on this following year, but with the intent of helping our investors invest like the wealthy into assets where maybe they're not all the lowest risk assets, but you'll have a lower risk portfolio in any market by diversifying into these specific vehicles. Well, you, you got your pitch down. That sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, I believe it. You know, and I've been saying it for a long time. I've just only been offering real estate. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, I'm curious as to what is your process regarding due diligence for deciding who you partner up with for these different asset classes? Sure. Well, so I, having been somebody that lost it all, um, just having lost it all doesn't mean you're not a good partner. In fact, I just spoke on a stage in Chicago in front of hundreds of people in economics. And I was on a panel and what I real and we were all talking about it, the question was how to do deals today and would you do deals in today's economic environment? And we're like, oh yeah, for sure. But we were all very much talking towards how we saw the demand shift in nine and 10 and how we saw the economic models break down and the financial systems. And we're speaking from a lens of experience, of being raked over the coals and seeing how things fall apart. And you're looking at people that made it out and people that continued, but with better education and knowledge. And I think that part of what I look for in a partner is somebody that's kind of selfishly been a little bit like me and had some really rough times, but came out fighting. And totally. now, yeah, and now speaks from a level of understanding and made it through the failure. Didn't just go crawling back to whatever their job was, but fought their way out and now are moving forward. And I think there's a lot of things to look at, but the general sense of, are their investments recession resilient? You know, are they structured in a way like, our real estate deals was six months in reserves so that if a financial disaster or natural disaster storm hits the property, you can ride it out. Are they fixed interest rates? Or are you at risk of losing all your cash flow? Maybe the building, which I know of several dozen now that are in threat of that this next year. Mm -hmm. Because they didn't, yeah, they didn't either get interest rate caps or fixed interest rate. But most importantly, they didn't put enough down so that their break-even occupancy, which is the amount of occupancy they can have of not paid rents to pay their bills, they didn't put enough down to get that down below where they, in the past, recessions have dropped in terms of vacancies and down below what happens when their interest rate rises to their cap, right? And they finally themselves yeah. underneath. 
And so you get, if you haven't been through a downturn and seen all this happen, it's hard to even understand the questions and to appreciate the value because you're looking at, oh, well, Patrick's deal only has a 16, 17% IRR. I can get you 18, 19, 20, but you might lose it all <laughs> because his deal is going to preserve my capital. And so, oh my it, gosh, so true. Yeah. And it's about being the tortoise instead of the hare. And that's really what I was back when I first started. I was trying to double trip my money every year. And now I'm looking for that long term legacy wealth. And they're diversifying. It's the same thing with the energy space. We're looking at operators that have been doing business for 20 years. I joined the board of an energy company that's been in business for 20 years, mm -hmm. a lot of years in a very volatile and risky space. Actually, the founder's doing, been doing it for 30 and he's third generation. He's seen things fall. He's seen things rise. He's had deals go great. He's had deals go bad. And he's continued to improve and build now diversification and protection from that some of that downside. And they're the only guys I know that are actually building a diversified fund the way that they are with leases inside the fund. So you have some tangible asset, dozens of wells inside the fund. So you have scale like you do a multifamily and an exit. So you can get in and get out. And that's really what I'm looking for is kind of like that mindset that kind of humbled from the past and lessons learned and an articulated storyline of here's how we're, we're better than we were then. Yeah. Since I started the podcast three, four years ago, sometimes I felt like a, a broken record saying, guys, you need to underwrite your deals with at least you know, surprise 10, 15, 20% vacancy if something happens, when something happens, right? And I saw so many people, especially in the multifamily space, not doing that, buying at 4% caps, where is the upside? And then now these loans are coming due, which wise people like you are going to be buying these properties because these people were just on the getting quick cash game and telling their investors that, oh, well, you know, what number do you want? We'll put that on the underwriting. You want 20% IRR? We can change that around, right? So having the knowledge to look for that is so important from a new passive investor perspective. Uh, and thank you for touching on that. That's really important. Sure. Amazing, Patrick. I'm so proud of you. That's fantastic uh, where you have gotten. How can our listeners get in touch with you? Well, so I hinted at it earlier, but um, I have finally got out there and I got my story written down, um, worked with some really amazing people to put together this book here. Um, and if you come up with the promo code, they can go to investonmainstreet.com slash book, investonmainstreet.com slash book, and put, type in promo code. What's your promo code, Stephanie? Oh, uh dreams come true dreams come true and we'll ship you a signed hard copy of persistence pivots and game changers turning challenges and opportunities some really cool guys in here aside from me uh even i have a, i'm here with hair even <laughs> but we've got <laughs> phil collins lead guitarist of Def leopard we got russell gay gray the real estate guys nfl nba players artists entrepreneurs Really amazing people. Brian Tracy actually did the Ford for it. Such a fun project. I was so excited to be involved and tells so many great stories 
about the persistence and the pivots of those individuals and all kinds of industries that made it through and were successful. I bought a boatload and I'm happy to give them out to your listeners. If you want to chat investments, you can go to investonmainstreet.com slash contact, set up a meeting with me or on our homepage at investonmainstreet.com. You'll see the investments we have both in energy, multifamily, and we're launching a new one, which is a cash flow 12.5% single family affordable housing fund. So in the year without cash flow, we've figured out a way to get cash flow and government subsidized. So take advantage of it. Patrick, thank you so much for making the time. I really appreciate it. Awesome time, Stephanie. Thank you. And in literally one week on March 8th, 2023, I will be at the Women's Real Estate Investing Summit speaking on self-storage in Orlando, Florida with Beth Azor. It's a fantastic conference for anyone that is down for a last minute trip to Orlando, Florida to network with other amazing women real estate investors. I will put the link under show notes and I will see you next time.